All right, folks, we've got a huge show for you today. We're coming to you live, literally, from the streets of Davos, Switzerland. We're going to be telling you everything that's going on at the World Economic Forum, breaking it all down. But first, I want to let you guys know some stuff that's coming up at Turning Point USA. Big one, go to tpusa.com. What can you get? The Great Reset book. Charlie just put this thing out. You guys need to get it. It's quick. You can get a quick rundown of everything that's happened with the Great Reset and figure out what it means for you and what it means for your family. Next up, Turning Point Student Action Summit, SAS, is coming up July 2nd, 22nd to the 24th, Tampa, Florida. Go to tpusa.com slash SAS. Of course, as always, we put all the links in the description of this podcast. Use promo code POSO, all caps, for 25% off your ticket for general admission. Make sure you're using that, the POSO promo code, you are going to get a, a huge saving. Of course, who has announced President Donald J. Trump, the 40th president of the United States, will be speaking. And I've also heard that a certain Floridian governor may be making an appearance. Go get your tickets now, tposa.com slash SAS. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 23rd, 2022, Anno Domine, and I'm coming to you live from the very entrance of the World Economic Forum here on location in Switzerland. Human Events Daily is reporting live for you. We'll be reporting live all week from here at the World Economic Forum and also the World Health Organization over in Geneva, Switzerland. We'll be there later. I want everyone to go to tpusa.com, check out the great new book, The Great Reset. It's by Charlie Kirk. You need to download this thing. You need to get a copy for yourself so you can get the information about what's going on. Today's headlines, obviously, we're going to break it all down. Number one, the World Economic Forum has begun here in Davos, Switzerland. Two, Ukraine taking center stage at Davos. Third, imagine the compliance. Pfizer CEO is now pitching the Davos elites on wearable, ingestible microchip pills. And finally, aircraft, U.S. aircraft back home are flying more than 75,000 pounds of baby formula into the United States. This is the state of things. Ladies and gentlemen, all this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Story is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. What is also needed is a summit like this one to go beyond crisis management and to look into constructive ways we can build our common future. Our futures are intrinsically connected to one another. Well, as I said, we are here in Davos, Switzerland. The World Economic Forum has just launched. Klaus Schwab getting right in your face with the opening comments earlier today. He said, the future belongs to us. We are building the future. This is their vision for the world. This is their vision for you, for your children, and for your children's children. They come all the way up to the Alps, the center of the highest peaks in all of Europe. 
one of the most remote locations that we've ever gone to in terms of actually filming, certainly the most remote where we filmed an episode of Human Events Daily. What you see in here, and as you can see walking up and down the street, there's no forum whatsoever for any regular press to go inside. They're not talking to the people. They're making decisions for the people. They're making decisions for how you're going to live. They're going all in, climate change, green technology, the Green New Deal on steroids, implementing the Green New Deal through ESG scores. How are they doing that? They're gonna be implementing the ESGs through the corporate financial system, along with their buddies, BlackRock and Blackstone, instead of actually going and working with, you know, a little something called the free market that we used to have. So here on Monday, who are the main speakers, right? Well, obviously opening everything up, Klaus Schwab himself from uh, Germany, now lives in Switzerland. He is what is and was earlier today, the first main speaker. Next, there was an address from uh, President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. We're gonna be talking about that in the next segment. Third, we're gonna hear later, of course, from the wonderful Emir of Qatar. What a great guy. And fourth, we're going to hear from another wonderful individual, Mr. Henry Kissinger will be here and be speaking. I've also heard, I just got to say this, I just got to say this. I also heard a little bee told me that Malcolm Nance might be showing, yes, Stolen Valor, Stand By Malcolm, may be showing up to Davos today. So we're going to go see if we can find him, have a little word with him while we're here. Maybe after we film the show today. I don't know. Check it out on social media. If it happens, yeah, I know it'll be big. Take a page out of James O'Keefe's book on that one. For Malcolm, I'll go back. I'll go back to the 2017 style. But when it comes down to the World Economic Forum, we have to understand what they're implementing through these processes and through these chains is a whole new form of what they call a new capitalism through the COVID-19 pandemic. They have said they want, they want a great reset of capital, technology, and of medicine. We also just went to the metaverse booth. The metaverse, because transhumanism, where they want you living in the pod, eating the bugs, with a screen glued to your face and your children's faces. You know what they said to us? And Tanya's with us, and they said to her, they said, well, you kids won't have to go to the zoo anymore. You can just plug them in here and they can watch the animals. They can see the monkeys, they can see the beetles. And she turned to them and she said, why would I not want to take my kids to the zoo? Why would I not want to take my kids outside into nature? We're here right now in the Alps, the Swiss Alps, one of the most beautiful places on the face of the planet. And you want to glue a screen? to your eyeballs, what do you want to do that for? This is what they want to implement. This is how the elites get Elysium, and this is how they leave the rest of us with nothing. So we're here in Davos today in Switzerland, and there's lots of sponsors, lots of companies here, people that are hobnobbing with the global elite. And yet every single one of those companies all has the same ideology, the same woke, ironclad ideology where they would fire you or they would cancel you if you stepped out of line. Yeah, we don't like that. And we don't want to support that. We don't want to support the woke corporations of Davos anymore. They seek to divide us. 
the big banks are freezing accounts of people who disagree with their political views and our supply chain is dependent on countries that actively work against our values. It's time for a change and that change starts with you, your wallet. That's why I'm proud to partner with Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses our nation has ever seen. Public Square is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against the COVID mandates, or a bank that would never parent to you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. Just download the Public Square app from Apple App Store or Google Play. Create a free account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can find you today. Download the app today. That's Public Square, Public Square, Public SQ. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. God bless you all, and may God defend our freedom, and may God protect our troops. Thank you for your patience. Well, here at the World Economic Forum, it almost feels as if the Great Reset, stakeholder capitalism, climate change, investing in green technology has all taken a backseat to Ukraine and the war in Ukraine. This really has taken center stage. And the very first speaker here, as I mentioned a moment ago, was President Vladimir Zelensky. Now, I actually got to watch Vladimir Zelensky's speech, and he also had sort of a Q&A with Klaus Schwab right afterwards from they have these different little uh, instead of pavilions at the World Economic Forum, what they have are houses. So they have a Poland house. You know, I spent some time in there. Um, they also have a Namibia house, they have a Ukraine house, and they also have, now normally they would have what's called a Russia house, but Russia has been completely banned from the World Economic Forum this year. So in its place, in the location that the Russia house is usually located, what they've done is they've erected something called the Russia War Crimes House. So I went into the Russia War Crimes House and they were playing a broadcast, live broadcast of President Zelensky in his speech. And I noticed that up in the corner on the screen, it said, brought to you by Victor Pinchuk Foundation. And then it's a Pinchuk Arts. So who is Victor Pinchuk and why does he matter? Well, Victor Pinchuk is one of the most powerful and richest oligarchs in all of Ukraine. And in fact, at one point, Victor Pinchuk was one of the biggest donors to the Clinton Foundation during the time that Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State of the United States. So Victor Pinchuk still very heavily involved in pushing this uh, conflict, pushing everything that's going on. In fact, I heard a few people talking while we were in there that Victor Pinchuk was actually in the very building in the Russia war crimes house around 9.30 this morning. So we just missed him, we got there around 10. Uh, but we're gonna keep an eye out for Mr. Victor to see if we see him around. We also know that um, the Klitschko brothers, Vitaly Klitschko, the mayor of Kiev and his brother, Dmitry Klitschko, are gonna be speaking at some point today as well as the Ukrainian foreign minister. What we heard though, at the very start of the World Economic Forum this morning, the president of the WF came out and called for a new Marshall Plan for Ukraine. Now we just had 40 billion spent from the US government for Ukraine. Republican senators voted for it. 11 did not. 11 refrained. Another 100 million in U.S. military spending is going towards Ukraine. But now the World Economic Forum is calling for an entire Marshall Plan of Ukraine. And they said that they want to do this even if, even if a peace plan or a peace settlement is not achieved. 
What does this mean? That means the money is going to flow. And the money, when the money starts flowing in these situations, and you see Victor Pinchuk is involved, you have to understand that what's happening is the oligarchs are getting the money, the people in the US are getting paid off, right? Their contractors, their firms, the defense contractors, the defense industry, they're getting paid off. And the people of Ukraine, do they get anything? Do they receive any benefit from all of this money going forward to prolong a conflict rather than suing for peace? I walked up and down here. I've been listening to the World Economic Forum Summit all day. I haven't heard a single person talk about peace, talk about are we going to see peace or how do we find peace? How do we stop the killing that's going on in the bloodlands, the same killing that's been going on for 100 years? You won't hear that here. What you will hear, apparently, at Ukraine House later today, later this afternoon, is a talk from Malcolm Nance. You remember old standby Malcolm, the stolen valor guy who went over and after uh, he'd stopped working for MSNBC, he couldn't get interviews anymore, and all of a sudden he decides to turn up in Ukraine and play army soldier. Although he went around and even went on CNN and said that he was going to the front in Ukraine, he doesn't actually seem to have done any real fighting. It's quite interesting for a lot of people that are watching this. We did see a crazy video of him where he acted as if he had never been in a war zone in his entire life before. Understand, the people in this conference are not interested in peace. They are not interested in any kind of settlement. The NATO Director General, Secretary General, is going to be speaking tomorrow. This is a conference about prolonging war, about prolonging conflict, a conflict that they have always wanted with Russia. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance, uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. Really amazing clip from Albert Borla just there, the CEO of Pfizer. And it also shows how the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization's agendas are completely tied underneath the umbrella of the Great Reset. What did we hear? He's talking now about Wi-Fi trackers that you put. Look, look, if he hadn't actually said that clip himself, and that was something that you had seen on the internet. You know, let's say somebody sends you one of those memes with too many words on it, talking all about, oh, they're gonna put, uh, you know, tracking IDs and pills, and it's gonna be able to tell them when you took your pills, so it's gonna ensure compliance. You'd say that's crazy. You'd say that's never gonna happen. That there couldn't be anyone seriously talking about that at the World Economic Forum in the Swiss Alps with a guy by the name of Klaus Schwab. That's silly. That sounds like something out of a movie. Well. Unfortunately, that's real life. This is the world as we have to deal with it. So Borla says that it will increase compliance, specifically says that the reason for taking these pills and the reason for adding this technology to them, I don't know if it's nanites or how it works, is to ensure compliance because then they can track you and see whether or not you took your pill yet, right? So, you know, if you talk to anybody who works in a the hospital, they say, oh, you know, patients give them the pills. You got to make sure you got to make sure they took their pills. They put it under their tongue, tuck it under their cheeks, spit it out when you're not looking. Right. So when it comes to 
this, when it comes to ma mandates, they're acting. They're acting as if the mandate is already in place. They're talking about something in the future when they've mandated something. And by the way, I've been in Europe for a full week as of today. I have not been asked once for any um, vaccine pass. I haven't been asked for a negative. We got negative tests the day before we left. I have not been asked for a single negative test. I've not been asked for a vaccine card anywhere I went. Uh, we've been through Italy. We've been through France. We've been through Germany. Uh, we came into the Schengen zone through Ireland. And so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but we didn't have any single person ask us about these passes. The world is moving beyond COVID. The world is moving beyond the pandemics. But people like Borla, people like the World Health Organization, they can't let it go. They don't want to let go of their power. The Fauci's of the world don't want to let go of their power. That's why they're talking about you know, treaties. That's why they're talking about anything they can possibly do. Number one, to mandate that world governments force you to take their product. That's number one. And then number two, to ensure your compliance with taking their products. This is the great reset. Take your pills, live in the pod, eat the bugs. Is this the world you want to live in with your kids? having screens glued to their faces. You're not going to the zoo. You're not going out and enjoying God's great nature. Again, we are in the Swiss Alps. Believe me, I don't wanna be hanging out in the metaverse booth. I wanna go hiking, I wanna go fishing. I wanna go throw a raft in the river and run down it with my brother, right? We want to enjoy the splendor of nature while we're out here. But unfortunately, because we've got these globalists behind me dealing with all this, trying to take over the world, trying to take over our families and tell us all how to live. Unfortunately, we are forced to have to deal with it. So here we are. But I want everyone to understand, I really do want everyone to understand that all of this, both here at the World Economic Forum in Davos, as well as the WHO assembly that's being held concurrently in Geneva, Switzerland right now, all of this only works if you let it. All of this only works if you comply. As Borla said right there, if you comply, then they win. But if you don't comply, if you say no, if you say I won't be locked down, if you say I refuse this mandate, if you act like the great and brave truckers of Canada to say no, we're going to honk our horns and we're going to make life annoying and frustrating for you until you drop your mandate. We will fight back and we will take a stand for whether it be economic freedom or in this case, medical freedom. How do we get to the point where the United States of America has to airlift baby formula from another country in order to feed its children? Look, it's a reasonable question and it's frustrating. I'm a parent uh, and, and we look and we say nothing could be more important than the health and the safety of our babies. We have to take safety very seriously. And part of what happened here was that we had a manufacturer that wasn't following the rules and that was making formula that, that had the risk of making babies sick. So we have to take action on that front. But there's a bigger uh, route to your question, which is how did we end up in a market where we have three companies that control 90% of the market? It goes back to this question of how we can bring more competition in our economy, have more providers of this formula so that no individual company has this much control over supply chains. And we're going to have to work on that. There's some big questions underneath that that we're going to have to get under. So Operation Fly Formula, right? 
well, I'm here yucking it up with the globalists. We're not yucking it up, believe me. Uh, here in Davos, Switzerland, back home, where there's a baby formula shortage. By the way, baby formula shortage is plentiful here in Europe. I wish I could get you know an entire crate of it or an entire you know, pallet of it and not bring it to the migrants, but actually bring families and mothers who need it back in the US. We've just heard that the Biden administration has brought in 75,000 pounds of baby formula on a US military flight from Germany. And so my question to this, of course, is, so why, I posed this question on Twitter yesterday. I said, why can't we just get baby formula from Canada? There is no shortage in Canada that we've heard of. Why not buy it from Canada? I said, you know what? Here's what we do, guys. Here's what we do. We build, go with me on this, think big. The US-Canada baby formula pipeline. US-Canada baby formula pipeline. And then, once President Biden isn't there anymore, we switch it to oil. So we get the oil when he's gone. Think outside the box, people. But then I saw a bunch of these like far left accounts were saying, oh, no, no, we can't get, we can't get baby formula from Canada because there's tariffs. Because Trump put tariffs on baby formula from Canada. Trump put tariffs. See, this is all Trump's fault because of tariffs. That's what it is, Trump's tariffs. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. Because when President Trump was in office, last I checked, there wasn't a baby food shortage. Baby formula was perfectly fine. It was perfectly easy to get baby formula. That's number one. Number two, um, I, said that, I replied to this, the one troll who was coming at me on Twitter. I said, he said, well, this is all Trump's fault, 17% tariff. But I said, you know, are you this dumb on purpose? Or are you just like trying to, uh, are you trying to get in my face or something? Because you can drop tariffs on critical goods when necessary. It's very obvious that anyone can do this. It's the same way with taxes. You can raise and lower taxes depending on what your country needs at any given time. That's how tariffs work. Also, tariffs don't block food from coming across. They don't block goods from coming across. It's just a surcharge that's applied to those goods. You say, well, it's bad for competition. And then they just start completely you know, backpedaling and dissembling as fast as possible. Look, it's simple. Drop the tariffs, build the pipeline, US, Canada, baby formula pipeline. It's so obvious. This is why you listen to Human Events Daily, by the way. Not only do we go to a location for cool stuff like this or crazy stuff like this, but, but, we think outside the box and we say, you know what? I want that pipeline for baby formula. And you know what else? We're going to turn it to oil afterwards. And we're going to go right up to those oil sands and there's nothing they can do to stop us anymore. And that is again, all the time we have for you here, human events daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to us always be good, be brief, be gone your homework for us share this out with one just one of your normie friends and then leave us a five-star review apple spotify wherever you get your podcast coming to you live literally from the entrance of davos here in switzerland the world economic forum taking place just steps away from where we're standing right now that's what we do here at human events daily we come on board and we go on location to get the stories that no one else is talking about or to cover it critically in ways that no one else is saying first up what did we talk about today Obviously, the World Economic Forum. Next, Ukraine war taking center stage here. Third, these trackable microchip pills that Borla over at Pfizer is pushing. And finally, this Operation Fly formula, Biden bringing in 75,000 pounds from Germany 
a baby formula. Why can't he get any just from Canada? Drop the tariff. Be smart for once in your life. But first, before we go, before we wrap up, as always, it's time for today's history break. Today, May 23rd, all the way back in 1958, was a start in the CCP and Chinese Communist Party. The Great Leap Forward. The Great Leap Forward was a completely failed economic policy, just like the people behind us have completely failed economic policies. But the biggest tragedy was that the Great Leap Forward led to famine and the starving, starvation deaths of over 50 million Chinese people. Remember that. The people of China have always been the first victims of the CCP. The Lao Beijing, the regular people, the deplorables, those are the ones. Those are the ones who suffered while the elites, elites like this, lived in, lived in splendor. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission. Relay short.